in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my wizarding friend and co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're going to review the fantasy film Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. The screenplay by J.K. Rowling and Steve Cloves, and directed by David Yates. So, Taylor... We had a bit of a break from the last Fantastic Beast film. The first film came out in 2016, and this was obviously a prequel series, and it was planned to be a five-part film series. Obviously, following the success of Harry Potter, this massive franchise, they want to tell other stories within that realm. And we got this Fantastic Beast series way back in the 1920s that's going to explore 20-year gap or so, and ultimately discover the battle between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, um, who we got a little bit of history of in the books and obviously through the films. So we had Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them, and then we had The Crimes of Grindelwald came out in 2018. Then we had a big break. And there's a couple things that make that why we had a big break. We'll talk about more of that at the end of the review of why this movie and where this franchise is kind of where it's painting out in the uh, audience's eye, but Finally, here we are, 2022, our third film in the series. So, Taylor, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. So, Taylor, give us a brief synopsis of The Secrets of Dumbledore, and then we'll get right into it. All right. So, this film, um, we we continue to follow the aftermath of The Crimes of Grindelwald, where Grindelwald himself um, is, you know, amassing an army, and he's trying to pretty much... Um, make the wizarding world the superior race as they're you know fighting against the muggle world and you have in this one Dumbledore is trying to you know stop him but because of his blood oath with Grindelwald as child as as children and you know they fell in love with each other he he cannot move against him so he has to basically put together his own little bit of a team a super squad of wizards uh, led by Newt Scamander and so this kind of kind of goes like a few months after the events of the second film. And then we're kind of following these characters um, as they have to take down this uh, very evil wizard. So, you know, where we're left to the last one, it was kind of very, you know, I remember watching, you know, and I love your take on this. I remember watching the first movie, loved it. Crimes of World, I, I really enjoyed a, a lot, at least with, you know, Johnny Depp's performance. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that. And that was, you know, part of it. But it left kind of an interesting ending where I was like, okay, you know, but this one really, I don't know where I was going with this film, you know, and for, for such a long movie, it felt to me, there was um, a bit of meandering. I didn't know kind of where the direction was. I didn't feel a sense of urgency. I didn't feel a little bit of dread where all the movies have that wonderment of all the Harry Potters and such, but there's also a bit of that the high stakes. We don't know what's going to happen. There's a little bit of that. This one, I'm kind of like, mm, meh. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to be like, I love this film because I didn't. I didn't hate this film. I enjoyed still a lot of it. And I think one thing that this Harry Potter spinoff series has done really well is it looks really great. 
I mean, like there's still something that David Yates really knows about how to capture the look and the magic and especially these big scenes where like they're in the ministry of magic or they're out, you know, hunting an animal or whatever they're doing. There's a lot of visual eye candy, but visual eye candy has to pair with a great story. I think the problem is we really liked Fantastic Beasts Where to Find them, the first film, because it was this fun adventure that was so different from Harry Potter about this really interesting Newt Scamander who's, you know, he's kind of a, a nervous tick. He doesn't really look at anyone. He's got, he's very introverted, you could tell. But he has such a, a nice mission that he's trying to make safe these magical creatures. And obviously some magical creatures are so dangerous that regardless of wizard or human, they would find them too dangerous to keep alive. And we get this more plot that then it paired into a little bit of, oh, there is a Grindelwald story going on here in New York. You know, the whole first film was like in New York. Moving to Crimes of Grindelwald, most of it's set in Europe. And now it's like, now we're branching out to more of, oh, now we're introducing Jude Law as Dumbledore. And yes, Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. And it's like the films have slowly but surely taken away from what the title is Fantastic Beast. This movie, Secrets of Dumbledore, one of the best scenes of this film was a beast-related scene. And I think if they had kept going with that and in the background, there would have been, you know, damplings of Dumbledore and Grindelwald. That would have made sense. Top of a misleading title. You know, Fantastic Beast, there's not many of them. Um, and there are beasts, but maybe not all fantastic. And number two, Secrets of Dumbledore. How many secrets do you have? I was like, you know, what's going on? This movie should have been called The Secret of Dumbledore. Yeah, there's only there one. one secret revealed. One, pre this series even happening, it was announced, you know, as J.K. Rowling was ending her, her book series and the Harry Potter movies were ending, it was revealed to us that Dumbledore was gay. Okay, great. Not a big problem. Not that Dumbledore has a romance at all in the Harry Potter series. But it kind of was interesting to think, oh, what if we find out that Dumbledore had this love relationship with what was considered the Voldemort of his time when he was young, which is Grindelwald. And it makes it interesting, you know, oh, they're, they're, there's something about this film that they really explore more of. They're so for each other that there's a respect about each other. There's obviously still a, there's something there that they still like each other, but because there's such different paths of their mindset about the muggle world versus magic world that they have to go against each other. And I'm like, yeah, but, this could have been like its own series. They could have done like a whole thing of just Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but now it's taken over the series. So it feels like a lot of the characters that were our original crew, some still have important parts to play, but not as much as they did. And I feel like the continuation of the series would just be eventually Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. But obviously we had this character of Ezra Miller in the first film where he's this obscurus and he's this crazy, like he's, hidden his magic power and that makes him become this giant creature now he's a wizard now at the end of crimes grindelwald when it was revealed that he was a dumbledore literally i think a lot of people were like what that is stupid because we've already been told what the dumbledore family is you know you know what i thought of i thought of rise of skywalker you're a palpatine <laughs> it's, like, it's basically that again. i'm ray skywalker no you're nope. not um and yeah, it's just like them revealing that like the, the big secret of this film is that Credence is the long lost son of Aberforth, Albus's brother. Okay. It just didn't feel like it was a big payoff. Like 
you know, oh, he had he had a secret love affair with some witch and they had a son, but he couldn't keep it for X, Y, Z. And so he was then sent off to the States where he obviously joined this group of, you know, intense anti-witch people and then had to keep his powers hidden. I'm just like, I don't care. And the thing that the Obscurist eventually will kill you. And then there's a bit of retconning too, because they, you know, Albus at one point in this movie reveals that his sister, which is a big plot point at the end of book seven, Harry Potter. And we realized that, you know, some of the stuff that Albus did was kind of shady towards his sister was also Obscurus. It felt like retconned. It felt like a little written in. So I just, in terms of the secrets of Dumbledore, it wasn't enough payoff for me to be like, oh, wow, now I want to see more. Whereas, you know, you look at something like in the original book series, like Snape, you know, we were, we, we had the guessing game of Snape the entire film series. 100%, yeah. Whether you read the books or not. Then I find out that really he was in the end good and he had been secretly, you know, fighting for the good side. Yeah, I want the secrets of Snape. That's, that, that's what I want. That's an expert. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people keep, uh, well, a side note here. A lot of people keep saying that because we're going in this route now that we can do prequel stuff. A lot of people want Adam Driver to do a Snape in his heyday series and how he joins the uh, Death Eaters. He joins the Dark Wizards. That'd be kind of cool. But anyway, apart from the eh, so-so plot, we do have Mads Mikkelsen here replacing Johnny Depp for Grindelwald. So obviously Johnny Depp right now is still dealing with this whole battle between his ex-wife Amber Heard uh, and because of all that and the way that, you know, celebrities are being handled now with certain, you know, activities and stuff, whether it's true or not. Yeah. Uh, one of the brothers recast the role of Grindelwald for the third film. We got Mads Mikkelsen. What was your take on Mads in this role? You know, I think Grindelwald, the way they had set him up is unlike Voldemort, where Voldemort really was, you know, I'm super powerful and I'm going to kill you to get what I want. Grindelwald would do that, but he was very uh, charismatic in the way he would get people on his side. You know, I think one of the best scenes of this whole franchise so far is that big monologue that Johnny Depp did in the second film, where he's like, I don't hate the non-magic. They're of other use to us. You know, there's something that's very, uh, the way he kind of gets you on his side. So what do you think of Grindelwald in this film via Matt Mickelson? I Yes, so I 100% agree having knowing that they could kind of you know change the look first of all they didn't really explain it they didn't like try to explain it It was just like oh it's there which kind of threw me off a little bit i wish they kind of like oh he's changing his look this is what he really you know but i thought mads did a very great job for a role that you know i know what he did what i expected of him for that role though i felt like he needed to be a little bit more menacing and he was a little too soft-spoken for what Grindelwald was already kind of building. And, you know, he needs to be more of a... Because he's not a very larger-than-life char- uh, character actor, what, I, what I've seen from him. Like, we've seen him in James Bond. We've seen him, um, you know, Hannibal Lecter. He plays a little bit more that subtle villainy, that little creepy, where I think Johnny Depp had that thing where he can do that. He can be a little subtle. He can be a little whimsical. But he also can be very magnetic, you know? So I think he didn't really give the gravitas to the role, especially towards the end of this movie, where he's like kind of like, it's this big, the big climatic moment, which really kind of let me down, where he's like, today are, you know, a fight, the muggle today, you know, it wasn't really like he needed to command the army and it didn't really do it for me in terms of that role. Like he's a great actor, but I don't think he had what we wanted for Grindelwald. 
Yeah, I think the tough thing is you're filling the shoes of a role that's already been established. And this has happened in other films and TV shows where sometimes an actor can't come back for a second season or a death. Uh, even like you look at Dumbledore, you know, um, uh, Richard Harris had passed. And so they had to get Michael Gammon came in to, you know, do that role for the rest. And he he did it differently. I think the hard thing is we only had so much time with Johnny Depp. And I think I liked the design of him. It looked very punk for the time period. And there was something creepy about the way he looked. And I think Johnny Depp usually does these kind of over-the-top characters. And it was a subtle, like, it felt like a panther ready to strike when he needed to. And I think Mads Mikkelsen, he didn't want to copy and paste. So he kind of did what he could with what he was given. But it did feel like I was watching Le Chiffre, you know, in this world. It felt very, okay, this is Mads Mikkelsen playing a villain character. and. I think they went with a simpler design just to make it more, you know, this whole film has a lot to do with politics and him trying to get to become the leader um, and him getting his crimes diminished and so that he can run to be elected. So I think they're trying to go a little more simpler with that. But yeah, it's one where I, it's one where I kind of look at all the relationship element that they have. Uh, there's a lot of great scenes with Jula and Mads Mikkelsen. I think would work a little better just to see what Johnny Depp would have brought to the table had he continued in the role. And then, you know, going off of that, our cast, you know, Jula still great as Albus Dumbledore. There's something that's kind of funny to think of, you know, a lot of people put these memes up of, dang, how, how does he go from that handsome looking devil to, you know, Dumbledore later? I'm like, yeah. a lot happens, I guess, in the next 20, 30 years. A lot of stress. <laughs> still being headmaster. You know, Newt's commander, Eddie Romain, I think he's so great in this role, no matter if, even if he doesn't have Sometimes all the screen time, he still has a fair amount in this. He's so good in this role. There's just the little ticks and little things that he does where the way he acts, the way he kind of has a little bit of a hunch and the way he walks, the way he kind of like doesn't look at people directly when he's talking to them. There's a nervousness about him. I just think the character work is so fun. And the other shout out, Dan Fogler as Jacob is he's been a standout since the beginning just this, and it was a great, clever, just, uh, you know, choice of let's have a muggle that comes along for the ride. And in this, there's a lot of humor where he gets handed a, a wand from Dumbledore. Of course, it doesn't work. It's a great uh, addition, especially to have like, okay, the different perspective of the wizarding world. We've seen it through eyes of the wizards. Let's have it from like us as the audience who we all are always going to be no matches. Yeah, he he definitely, the comedic element in this was even, was my, one of a standout for this film, especially. Eddie Remain and Callum Turner, who plays his brother Theseus, the whole big scene where he was locked in some creepy jail you know, underground lair, and there's these scorpion creatures that <laughs> spit fire and ash and, or, uh, you know, maybe acid. And uh, when the lamp goes out, the big scorpion like attacks. That whole sequence was, to me, my favorite sequence of the movie. And it just shows again that some of the best scenes are the creature element. And there wasn't enough in this film to really make it Fantastic Beast. It was like there's a little bit in the beginning. There was the chilling beast that was kind of through the plot line of it can choose whether you're good or not. And then there was a scorpion scene and that was it. We have our old favorites back. We have the little thing that steals, you know, the little platypus looking thing that steals the, the, Gold, the yeah. diamonds and jewels and, all, and then the little leaf thing. But beyond that, there was no other beast in this movie. It's so heavy set on Grindelwald and Dumbledore and the wizards fighting each other. Um, that's just like, yeah, I don't know. For me, the way the movie ends, I'm like, I don't necessarily need a fourth one, but I know that, you know, this still is planned to be a five film series set over 20 years. And 
this came out, you know, this last weekend, it didn't, it was the lowest opening of any Wizarding World movie. It got about 45 million uh, in the States. That's the lowest opening for a Harry Potter or Fantastic Beast movie. So clearly it's also dwindling. Yeah, we're still coming out of the pandemic. Not everyone's going back to movies, but still. So I wonder if there's going to be a better situation for them if they want to continue the series to look at HBO Max instead of a wide release. Um, but, you know, there's always these movies where they do really well overseas. And with a combined box office, they might find a way to be like, we can still make a fourth one. And maybe if we really amp it up. But I think without the beast element and even some characters like, um, you know, we, Catherine Watterson, who plays Tina, this is the thing we'll just bring up. You know, obviously there's been a lot of heat too on J.K. Rowling because of her anti-trans statements and the way she talks about that. A lot of people are against her. So there's a big kind of push too. A lot of fans have dropped off because of that. Yeah. Apparently she spoke up against J.K. and her statements. And clearly that was not to her benefit because she is in two minutes of this movie. Yeah, which is such a, such a waste. Her romance with newt which still hasn't fully bloomed yet you know we keep seeing the will they won't they it's so cute the way they kind of you know the relationship he, he she comes in for the very end when jacob and uh <clears throat> and uh what's her name queenie are getting married and it was just like where have you been this whole time um and you know they write her off like, oh she's the head of the aura for the americans and this whole thing is we're, we're in europe for most of the movie it just felt like it was missing that element and so i hope that I hope going forward they kind of polish it a little better if they're going to continue but i i kind of like the movie kind of ended with the i could leave it there and we move on to some new stories yeah yeah i i agree 100 percent um for for my money i mean i'm gonna have to give this um honestly like a six out of ten um you know like i said for the moments that we liked but yeah it didn't really fill me with the excitement at least the first two films had and yeah, there are there are so many other stories and rich tapestries of the Wizarding World that I would not mind going back to, and even if, like you said, we they're maybe better off doing these in, into shows because then you can you can have some of these episodes. Ah, oh, that wasn't good. I can't wait for the next episode. Um, so yeah, my money. That's what I'm rating it. What about you? I'm gonna go seven out of ten. Um, which to me that's still kind of like middle of the road. It was good. Uh. Just because I just I still think there's something really uh, polished about the way they do the CGI. The you know I think this this is a visual feast. There's some good acting in this. It's just the 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 weakest element of this is the plot. Um, and it, and it there's something moody about these films that I feel like they've lost some of the magic from the first Fantastic Beast. It's getting a little too a little too moody. So I think we need a little, we need a little brighten it up. I know Grindelwald is dark elements, but we need to get a little more of that joy going on, which they they lost a little bit in this. So for me, seven out of ten. But let's hear your opinion. You know, I know this film series is kind of a. Uh, some people are like, oh, they're still making them, but uh, they certainly are, and we're going to see what they do uh, from here on out. So you can check out Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore, now playing in theaters, and that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture 
entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.